Hi, I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Fitz. Welcome to Shifting Ears, the internal podcast that we're starting here at Valley Metro. Talking about all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency, behind the scenes, and some upfront stuff you may not know about. It's fall, y'all. Peter, what's your favorite part about fall? My favorite part about fall is fall ball. Do you go out and watch the games out at like, because they're out at Scottsdale, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I grew up on that side of town, so they usually have a couple uh, friendly games early on in the in the season, and you can see some of your favorite players if they're not injured or some of the up-and-coming guys. So, yeah, it's always fun. I am a basic Brittany, so I love me some pumpkin spice. I want all the apple pies. I'm sad that we don't have like apple picking orchards here. But you have young children. Do you do all the fun fall activities with them? My kids are through and through Arizona kids. They don't know what fall is. This is basically <laughs> everything is the same for them up until about January. So, I mean, they're probably still going to be swimming in the fall. So, no, we definitely don't. We don't do apple cider. We don't do pumpkin spice. My wife does. I, I can't stand pumpkin or spice. So, I don't do, I don't do that at all now. Peter, your kids, are they going to get dressed up for Halloween? I know I get dressed up for Halloween at the office. Yeah, my kids are, my oldest daughter's at a weird age. She wants to be things that they're not even familiar with. She wants to be It, the Stephen King character. Oh, She's no. never seen the movie. She doesn't know what it is. She just knows of it tangentially. So she wants to dress up like It. And I think my other daughter, she usually wants to be a cat or something weird like that. Peter, cats are very typical for a Halloween costume. Yeah, but she's been a cat like four years in a row. Like, I think she could be something different. Peter, I've been a panda bear like six years running, oh mainly God. because I get to wear sweatpants to work. That's the whole key behind the panda. Ah, uh, that's fair. With kids their age, it changes from week to week. So, oh, I was going to say, you probably have a different costume two days before. And sometimes I'll try to help out making them, you know, piece something together. But typically we end up and go out and buy something like two days before, like you said, and we have to throw elbows with everybody else at the spirit. Halloween store? No, the uh, aberration. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, do you know what else I love about October and fall? Beer. Uh, Oktoberfest October is in there. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess... My birthday. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah, that's something I, that I know you look forward to in October. And then probably, hmm. Oh, playoffs. Playoffs are in October. For yeah, baseball. this year, I was going to say the Diamondbacks are not in the playoffs this year. Suns held down their side of the deal. Diamondbacks, we had to have a sacrificial lamb for the Suns, it sounds like. But the Cardinals are already doing pretty good. Eh, yeah, they eh. look good. Had their season opener. Last month, we're now in the third week of the season, and they're doing awesomely. <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> but what else do you love about October? Rideshare month. Because it's an awesome time that everyone gets to find new carpool members, new van pool members. And, Peter, what do I love most about Rideshare month? Prizes. I love prizes. You get a car and you get a car and you get a car no peter that's not the point we're not giving out cars we're trying to get people out of their cars and to share you get a van to share with four other people and you five get other people five other people peter yeah <laughs> there everybody... has to be six in a van pool yeah everybody knows that yes peter everyone does know that 
And so we brought on our subject matter expert, Lil Duarte, to talk all things Rideshare Month and how you, Valley Metro employees, can win prizes. Take it away, Lil. I'm Lillian Duarte. I'm a program supervisor in the Commute Solutions section of uh, Valley Metro. And I have been with Valley Metro for 34 and a half years. So, quite a long time. Lil, I'm going to tell you something and you probably don't want to hear it. That's okay. <laughs> okay. You have been with Valley Metro longer than I've been alive. That's quite all right. I'm you know, <laughs> used to that <laughs> kind of reaction, but it's interesting because back when I started with the agency, there was probably about 10 people and it was very small, very, very much like a family, although it still feels like a family, even though it's much bigger, but it's definitely was, um, agency was in its infancy at that time. Well, you've seen everything from the beginning to now and how not only the company has grown, but the obviously the transportation system has grown as well. Oh, most definitely. I mean, the Valley's really changed since I, you know, moved to the Valley back in 1978. So I went to high school here. I came from a small town in Southern Arizona. So, you know, really the Valley has changed so much since the time I moved here. But most definitely with transportation, the options were a lot more limited than they are now. And, you know, certainly seeing things like our light rail come into fruition was such an exciting and wonderful thing to see happen, especially back when we first started trying to get other transportation options in the Valley and expanding our transportation. And then to see it actually happen was pretty exciting. Where are you originally from, Lillian? From Douglas, Arizona. So in Southern Arizona, down by Bisbee. So if you're not familiar with that part of the of the state, it's um, quite pretty and neat part of our state. A lot of history because that's down by Tombstone, which, as you know, was famous for the Wyatt Earp and the shootout at the OK Corral and all of that stuff. So it's a lot of history in that part of the state. Yeah, definitely. I think I've driven through those areas before. I know I went to Tombstone, so I'm pretty sure you have to go through Douglas to get there, right? Depending on where you come from, you would. But if you're coming from this part of the state, you would have to go further south than Tombstone. So what was your first impression of Phoenix when you came out here to the valley coming from, you know, a relatively small town to a, a larger town? But even in that time, you know, it, it wasn't quite what it is today, but it, you know, I'm sure it was much, uh, it was a big change for you. Oh, most definitely, because coming here, my whole family moved up here. So thankfully, we had our family all together. But coming from a small town to a big city, which at that time, Phoenix, I mean, wasn't like it is now in terms of a big city, but it was a much bigger city than, you know, the town that I came from. So it was quite exciting because there seemed to be so much more to do, a lot more things to get involved with than you would in a small town. And then, of course, you know, making all new friends and just developing all of that new, exciting part of life that opens up to you. Lil, you must love your job being here for 34 years. So how was it when you first got into this role and what has it become? Definitely, I really love my job because it allows me the opportunity to meet so many people and so many types of industries and jobs out there. From the first time that I started in the Commute Solutions part of the agency, it's uh been an opportunity to really learn about commuting choices and the ways that people can get involved and then connecting them to those options. So teaching people about our Vanpool program, about 
carpooling, biking, and certainly transit, you know, how to take light rail and the bus. It's been really um, an exciting thing to be able to do and be able to even hold their hands, so to speak, so that they can get educated about the options that are available to them. And then taking that information to even further the messaging of what the transportation options are to you know, an employer, when you're dealing with them and talking to them about those choices, they're able to then take that knowledge and educate their employees about what those options are, or how to connect with the needed resources that they would um, want to connect with. Commute solutions sounds like a very modern term. Was it called commute solutions 30 years ago? No, it wasn't. As a matter of fact, it was called regional rideshare, and the regional rideshare department was a department of one. <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, very, very archaic types of tools, but definitely as, you know, technology develops and as, you know, knowledge expands, it's wonderful to see the options open up to people and the ability to connect with something on an easy level by directing people to go to sharetheride.com where they can find their carpool match or look to see if there's a van pool that's available to them that they can join as well, they can also see map layers that will show them what the transit options are or even biking or walking routes. So it's really kind of interesting to see how regional rideshare has become commute solutions because it's not just, I mean, rideshare, you know, is a broad term, but when you're also talking about bicycling or walking, you're actually not really rideshare you are using an alternative. So it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to see how something that started so small has really expanded to say, hey, we can serve the entire valley and get you connected to something that helps not only reduce traffic congestion, but improves air quality, which is the whole focus of, you know, what our messaging is, is trying to make better choices that are better for our valley so that this place that we call home, the valley, is something that is sustainable, that, you know, is some great place that people can live, work, play, and visit and continue to be that place. You use the word sustainable there, and I, it makes me think, you know, in 2021, I think we're more sustainable. I think people are more comfortable with the idea of sharing a ride, and you know, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about it, but our Vanpool uh, program is pretty popular. What was the frame of mind for the Valley for sharing a ride and, and van pooling and carpooling when you started 30 years ago? I, I mean, it seems like it's it's uh, kind of progressed and gotten a lot larger. What's your take on how it was when you first started working here, how people really felt about participating in programs like that? You think about the valley and people moving to the valley or why they live here. You think wide open space and people are used to saying, hey, I really own the road because now I can get in my car and I can go anywhere and, and do anything. And you can still do that. So there was an educational portion definitely that, you know, really needed to be expanded so that people could realize, hey, you can still own a vehicle. You can still take those trips or do the things that you really want to do. But why not kind of you know, take that shift and think about how can my commute be better for me? So we really approach through an angle of improving um, quality of life and say, hey, you know, why wouldn't you want to share that trip with someone to not only save yourself some money, but also reduce your stress level because then, you know, you're leaving the driving to someone else or you're really cutting that cost of your commute way down and not spending all that money just on gas and car insurance, but you're splitting that when you're sharing that carpool with someone or if you're van pooling with someone, 
you know, then that's six or more people that are really sharing that commute. So it was all about education and getting people to understand that, you know, we're not asking them to divorce themselves completely from their vehicle, but to think of their commute in terms of something that can benefit them in the long term, you know, how it can make them happier potentially if they're not stressing so much by sitting on the freeway with all these other vehicles that are, you know, backed up and stuck in traffic and, you know, really approach it from the angle of the quality of life improvement for them to participate and get involved and try to make a difference. So it definitely has been a learning experience, but I think as our agency has grown and as our reach has grown, it's really allowed us the opportunity to get that education in place that really kind of opens up someone's mind to say, hey, you know, it's really a nice thing for me to do, not only because I care about where I live and because I care about the future of my kids, but hey, I do realize now I've saved this much money by, you know, carpooling with someone else or taking that van pool. And now instead of putting that $600, you know, into my insurance, I can use that $600 to maybe take a trip somewhere or to, you know, buy something for my home that I always wanted to buy. So, you know, it's really been a fruitful adventure into educating people, but also seeing that their eyes can open up and realize, hey, this isn't so bad, I can actually do it, has been the real benefit of this program and getting people educated about it. And Lil, I think the best option for people to do right now is to go to sharetheride.com because that's where they're going to get all the info, right? Definitely. So it's free to register. Sharetheride.com is a great platform for people to not only get that information on who I can connect to to carpool with, or maybe are there open seats on a van pool that I can join, or, or what can I learn about? But you know, I think the key thing is that it's free to actually do that search and there's no obligation to do so. But then once people do register and they, you know, track their green commutes at Share the Ride, then they're able to actually see that the benefits add up when they're populating the information in their dashboard to say, you know, today I carpooled or yesterday I teleworked. And as you're doing that, the system is keeping track of all of that. So then it can show you what your sustainable footprint is. It'll tell you how much money you've saved by not spending X amount on gas for that month, how many calories you might've burned if you bicycled or walked, greenhouse gas emissions and all of that great stuff. But then on top of that, what's really exciting is that folks can enter to win prizes in our monthly contests. So they have the ability to win things like movie passes or restaurant gift cards or other kind of cool things that we're able to offer to them for making that commitment to do the right thing and take the greener commute option. Well, it sounds like the website pretty much does your job for you, Lil. So what what do you do here? <laughs> well, what I do um, and what my counterparts do, many of them, is we participate in educating employers about the commuting choices. Because if you're an employer that does business here in Maricopa County and you have at least 50 or more employees or even driving age students that report to that worker school sites, you're mandated to participate in the travel reduction program. And the mission of that program is to try to reduce solo commuting, to improve air quality and reduce emissions and reduce congestion as well. So it's really a big program here in the Valley that affects over 1,100 employers that represent about 2,500 sites and about 700,000 commuters. So if you're able to reach that audience, and obviously you're having a big reach because it's all about the commuters and reducing 
those trips and getting them educated. So um, doing that through the travel reduction program allows us to engage with all of the employers that are affected by the program, but then as well, you know, get into their work sites to educate their employees about the choices, which makes that difference. So we do all kinds of things like monthly webinars with these employers. We do outreach, direct outreach through calling them, meeting with them, doing lunch and learns with their employees, educating them about what Share the Ride can offer to them or any of our other promotionals that we have going on, such as Ride Share Month, which is in October, and Valley Bike Month in April, and then all of the other cool things that we might throw in to the mix throughout the year. So we're really about educating and, and doing that outreach and being the boots on the ground, so to speak, to those employer sites and reaching the employees there. Well, you're doing education right now. And if employees didn't know about this program, now they do. And hold on a second. Can we get back to these prizes? Can Valley Metro employees win? Well, there are prizes that Valley Metro employees can win if they register at the Share the Ride website. We have definitely some new user contests that go on, ongoing contests that employees can win prizes for, and um, we do encourage them because then it also gives us an opportunity if employees get in there and register and start to track those commutes, whether they carpool, whether they ride transit, if they telework, if that's an option for them, or they bike or walk if they're close enough to the work site, if they track all of those commutes, it really gives Valley Metro an opportunity to see what employees are doing within our agency to make a difference by the commuting choices that they make. And then, of course, obviously, those cool prizes that employees are um, eligible for are a great carrot to dangle in front of them. And who doesn't want to win free stuff? I mean, I can't think of someone that doesn't want free stuff, right? Of course. Peter, ask the next question. I'm signing up for sharetheride.com right now. <laughs> well, if it's free, it's for me. That's definitely my motto. I love that we have these incentives and we have these prizes and the website seems like a great tool for you and your team. I'm always interested to see, you know, someone who's been here for a long time. What was that like for you 34 years ago? How was this outreach process for you? How was it getting, how was it educating people? How much has that changed over time now that we, that, you know, technology has really taken the place of that? It's really changed because as I mentioned, it was a department of one person back then. Not me, it was someone else. So. <laughs> and people would call a phone number, 262-RIDE, 602-262-RIDE, which is still our number, right? But they would call and someone would take that information, write it down, and then input it into their system, which I don't even recall what, what they used back then. And then they had this big old plotter that would punch out a bunch of information, <laughs> And then they'd mail that information to the individual. So, you know, from the time that they called to the time that they received what the results of their potential match would be, you know, it could be a week or so, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how many calls had come in or, or things of that nature. To now, where people don't have to necessarily call us, although they still can if they don't have a computer or they're just not able to sign up online. They certainly could still call us and ask us, hey, can you help me with this? We can take the information. But we're, instead of taking that information and really saying, okay, now you have to wait until we mail it to you, etc., we can actually just put it into sharetheride.com and then email them information directly. But the other thing is that, you know, certainly people don't have to wait to talk to us about how it all works 
because they can go in there and it's pretty much a step-by-step process. They register, they provide their origin and destination and their work schedule, and then they're able to see live immediately what's available to them. So it's gone from, you know, I don't want to say like the horse and buggy type of thing, but really (laughs) kind of a horse and buggy thing to, you know, an electric car, right? Because now you're able to, you know, go from something that's a little slower process to a quicker process that's more upgraded and fun. Yeah, we're moving lightning fast now. Lil, you've obviously been here for a long time, seen a lot of carpool groups and vanpool groups. Have you seen any like relationships built out of these, new friendships develop? What are some of those behind the scenes stories with carpool and vanpool? Well, I can think of two that really stand out to me. One is actually I in, in helping the employers that I've helped, I was talking to two of my transportation coordinators, which are those people that run the, the programs at their respective sites, about you know their programs and so forth. And I found that two of the people, these two ladies, that they lived in similar parts of the valley. And at one of our in-person meetings that we used to do for groups for a specific part of the valley, I introduced them to each other and kind of said, hey, you know, you guys live near each other you know, what do you think about maybe carpooling? Because I knew they were driving by themselves and they were coming from the far West Valley to the Southwest part of the Valley, even though it was still West Valley, it was still a big commute for these individuals. So they started talking and lo and behold, they ended up carpooling to work together and becoming friends and they're still friends. And I'm still friends with them, even though they're not even um, working at their respective companies anymore. I still keep in touch with them. And once in a while, we'll go to lunch. So it is kind of a neat thing to be able to see that. Another example that I can think of is there was a gentleman and a lady that ended up finding themselves through that share the ride system that they could carpool with. And they ended up becoming friends from that process. And then eventually they got married. (laughs) They got married? How exciting. They got married. So it was kind of exciting to see that because it's like, you know, we're not expecting everyone to make that carpool match, so to speak, right? It's not always going to be a match. But it could be someone that ends up being a friend that you're going to keep for, you know, a lifetime potentially, or who knows, it could be that soulmate. You never know. Now they carpool everywhere they go. They do. <laughs> They're sharing the commute all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's interesting. You know, I think people don't really understand that how many single occupancy vehicles are on the road at any given time. You know, that's the majority of, of vehicles. And how many of those people are going to the same place and coming from the same place? Obviously not all of them, but there's, there's a probability of having a high percentage of people that are coming from the same place and going to the same place. And nobody really seems to understand that, or, or maybe they do, or maybe they don't, you know, there's some barriers to get over. What would you say is the biggest barrier for people to get over uh, in your mind that where they don't want to carpool or share the ride? I think the biggest barrier is that to them, it's like I'm giving up my personal time. And for many, it could be them saying, you know, that's the only time of the day I have to myself. So, you know, as I mentioned, it's not an all or nothing type of ask for people when we were asking them to say, hey, can you participate? Even if it's one day a week, it's better than no days a week. So if you're able to give up maybe that one day, that still can make a difference and still has an impact on reducing 
the drive alone rate and reducing, you know, air pollution in the valley and, and making traffic congestion a lot more bearable for all of us. So it's just basically, you know, getting them to kind of get beyond that thought of really, I, you know, you want me to share my time with someone else if it's just my me time. And, you know, maybe look at your me time in a different type of perspective. So, you know, if it's carpooling or if it's asking them to take the bus or take the light rail, what about that usable time that you're on the system to read a book or do your homework or finish that project that you want to finish for work and use that time instead of sitting behind the wheel stuck in the gridlock, right? And then kind of being frustrated by all of that experience, use it as a time where if you're, you know, carpooling with someone and you're the passenger, maybe you can use that time to take that nap or do that project or read that book or the same thing on our transit system. So I think once people dip their toe in the water one time, they realize actually my thought about what this was going to be actually is was way off. And it's actually something I can commit to. And we actually do see people once they do try it to say, okay, I did it one day a week, but now I'm actually you know, up to two or three times a week, which um, now they really see the benefit from that, not only on the personal level, but then on the wallet, it really can make a difference. And especially if, you know, for instance, the Valley Metro employees, we all get a transit pass. So it doesn't cost us anything to to commute to work if we're using that transit pass. Or if we're carpooling, then we definitely have an option to have a carpool subsidy for employees that can benefit from that. So it's a nice little way to kind of feel that pat on the back, but then also see that benefit from what's in it for me perspective. Yeah, that's my favorite part. I take a nap every single time I get on the bus. If I'm riding home or riding to work, the bus driver has to pull me off the bus. I'm just, I don't want to, I'm just like deep rest because <laughs> I, I get so stressed out driving. It's, you know, you're driving in traffic and people are cutting you off. I've been in two accidents on the freeway here. So, I mean... It's it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with every single day. I'm very much happy to relinquish that to somebody else if they want to drive me around for a couple of days a week. Right. And then also the other thing that a lot of people don't think about is what is the impact to my car insurance? And it can be an impact to that. So if you're not driving in your vehicle as much as you used to and you know driving a lot less frequently, there could be some savings for you to capture from your car insurance company. So that's just something to think about too. Because we don't always think about the cost of commuting. It's not just the gasoline money that you're spending, but it's everything else. So wear and tear on your vehicle, the insurance and all of that. And all of that can add up. Oh, especially if you drive over a nail and, you know, there goes a tire. That's a quick one that'll add up if your tires get busted really fast. But to Peter's point, I do like hopping on the rapid to get to work. It's nice because to your point, Lil, you're just you're relaxing before you get to work kind of a situation versus like stop and go on the 51 where I'm like, uh, 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 okay, now we're finally get to work. And I've already had this whole adventure getting all stressed out and riled up before I've even walked into the office for the day. Whereas mm. when I'm on the rapid, it's so much smoother. It's just, you know, I can listen to my podcast. I can listen to storylines. I can listen to shifting ears, you know, any other podcasts I want to listen to. And it's just a lot more enjoyable easing your way into work versus having that, you know, stop and go commute. Yeah, definitely. I know one of my coworkers in here in our department actually knits. She makes these really cute creatures and things out of knitting. So she'll do that while she's on the bus to work and she's coming from Mesa. You know, different people do different things. They read their books or they do 
you know, their work project or, or whatever that might be. But it's definitely, you know, a better way to spend your time than just stressing yourself out when you first get up and then you rush out the door and you're like, ah, you know, trying to avoid crazy drivers on the road and all of that stuff. So if you're able to lessen that experience of adding more stress to your life, it's a great benefit for everyone all the way around because <laughs> then I you're happier, it- right? Right. No, that's exactly right. It sounds like a sales ploy, but it's so true. I think people who don't, who have never done it before, don't really understand that, especially coming home, like you're, you're, the whole workday is done and you're tired from the day. Then you get into traffic and you're in traffic for 45 minutes. And when you get home and you pull into your driveway, your stress level is like peaked and you're, you're irritated. And then everyone inside your home is going to have to deal with that now. And I've noticed that difference in me on the days when I commute. You know, I'm, I just get out of the car and I'm, I'm, I'm like nicer to be around and I'm nicer to everyone around me. And, you know, it's kind of, it sounds kind of sad to say, but I think it's just, it's a natural thing. You're going to get stressed out from your commute, people cutting you off and you're driving too slow and you're missing the light and you're just like, why? And then you get home and everyone's like, Hey, you're like, Hey, how you doing? And you're kind of just like trying to decompress. But if you're on that commute, you're decompressing the whole time. By the time you get home, you're already you're ready to go. You're ready to kind of start the second shift. I got three kids at home. So that's when the second shift starts. Oh, there you go. That's when all the fun starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, that benefit, as you mentioned, you're able to decompress. That's a big thing because if you're able to just kind of use that time to let go of whatever you face throughout that day and just like, okay, by the time I get home now, you know, my shoulders are no longer you know, stressed out, they're relaxed, and I can walk in the door with a smile on my face and an attitude that leaves me open to saying, hey, how you doing? Did you have a great day? Yeah, it was fantastic. And you're able to have a little more positivity in your life. And then I think your family is thankful for that too. <laughs> Lil, everyone obviously wants to be just happy and content and stress-free. So how do they do that? One more time, where are they going to go? They're going to go to sharetheride.com. It's easy, just one, two, three, they're going to register, track those green commutes on the dashboard, and then enter to win the different contests that we offer. There also is a Share the Ride and Save Facebook page I would like to mention. So we do engage people on that Facebook page and run other kinds of contests. And for instance, now through October 15th, if you spot our public service announcement, at any Harkins Theater, because we partnered with them to promote Rideshare Month, and you spell our animated PSA when you go to the movies. If you take a picture of it and then hashtag Rideshare Month 2021, you post that, maybe along with the title of your favorite transportation movie or alternative mode movie, we have prizes for that too. So that's kind of a nice way to be able to even reach people in a broader way is to get them when they're at the movies and they're sitting there waiting for that movie to start. So it's exciting. And of course, Rideshare Month is about all of the alternative modes. So it's everything from the carpool to vanpool to the bus, light rail, telework, riding your bike or walking. Peter, did you hear that? Prizes. Everybody loves prizes. Yes, I did hear that. I love prizes. I'm already on the website. That website again is H-T-T-P. S semicolon forward slash forward slash V lowercase V lowercase A. Uh, I think people get it. People get it. Yeah, they could just share the ride.com. It'll take them right there. And like I said, you can, you know, you can be the one that has the bragging rights to show your other coworkers. Hey, look, look what I did. I registered and I went back and I looked at my stats for the month of October. Let's say now it's November that you're, you know, trying to see what you did in October and how that added up. You can, 
print out those stats and then have those bragging rights to show your coworkers, look at this, I saved all of this money or I earned badges because you can earn fun badges for Rights Your Month and there's different levels that you can earn for the, tra- the trips that you're tracking. So not only the prizes, but the bragging rights too. Yeah, and these prizes so. are great. They're great prizes. This isn't like, it's not like a DVD copy of Alvin and the Chipmunks, a very <laughs> funny squeak wool, you know, or like a tie rack or, you know, like a bean smasher. These are good prizes. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like, you know, you're it's not like you're going to a white elephant gift exchange and you're getting stuck with a thing that somebody else didn't want because these prizes are prizes that you're going to want. You know, who doesn't want to go to Starbucks and get a drink, you know, that someone else has paid for or to get a donut at, you know, Dunkin Donuts or something like that. So we have some good prizes to um reward people for making that right choice. Oh yeah, you're not going home with a snuggie, okay? <laughs> you're going to get a good prize. <laughs> Lil, you have been fabulous. Is there anything you else you want to tell us about Ride Share Month or Commute Solutions? Do you feel like you left anything out? Don't forget that Commute Solutions is here to help you. We're, you know, we're happy to educate you, to show you the rope, so to speak. If you're not sure about going into the site, we can definitely give you a walkthrough and, and engage you directly and show you how that all works. So don't be afraid and don't be shy. And we can all do our part to show all the great things that we're doing by not driving alone to work and making the right choice. So just, I guess I would like to say that we're here to help you and we're happy to do so. I'm signed up for Rideshare Month. Are you signed up for Rideshare Month, Peter? I've been signed up for Rideshare Month. Look at that. And we've already had some of our Valley Metro employees and friends win prizes already. So I know that people out there are getting excited and they want to win these cool prizes. And Peter, what's the biggest prize of all? You get to save the planet. Peter, that's the important thing. We're saving the planet. We're saving our money. We're saving emissions to go out into the earth. So it's all a win-win. Just savings on savings on savings. Look at that. So I know if you haven't signed up for Rideshare Month, today's the first day. Get on it. Get signed up for Rideshare Month. Peter, what else do we have coming up? Of course, we got service changes coming up. Service changes, and they're adding express and rapid trips back in. So that means more trips for Valley Metro employees to come to downtown Phoenix, hop on, save the planet, make a friend on your rapid or express trip. Welcome back, Express Bus. Peter, we've covered, and not just you and I, but Maddie and I, we've covered a lot of topics on Shifting Gears. This is our 25th episode. Are we done talking about the agency? Is that it? We covered it all? Yeah. I think mission accomplished. Get the banner out. We did it. Good job, Brittany. No, Peter. This is just the beginning. Can you imagine when we're going to be at 50 and 100? Oh, my gosh. People will probably be sick of me by then. But until then, we have plenty more. Yeah, but not until then. Yeah, not until then. Exactly. We have plenty more to talk about. We could talk about your drone program. We have new positions here at the agency that we can learn about. There's so much more to talk about on Shifting Years. Yeah, and I can't wait to hear all of it and or be part of it. Oh, yeah, Peter, you're not done just yet. Don't worry. You still get to fill Maddie's seat for a little bit longer. But if you have ideas or things you want to know about the agency, let us know. Email us at podcast at valleymetro.org. For Valley Metro, I'm Peter Valenzuela. I'm Brittany Hoffman. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Stop.